Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Okay, men's hockey, you need to go sit in the waiting room for a few minutes. We may or may not get to you. But I, I've come prepared to rant, Cassie and Patrick. I have plenty of popcorn and a soda pop. I am willing to just uh, let me get comfortable here, put the seat in the reclined position, and go. Okay. I'm specifically going to address two parties with two statements, and then we can get into it. Mark Walter and the PWHPA. Number one, you had better be right. In five years' time, when the dust has settled, when whatever new league you have created has hopefully matured, you had better be right. And number two, you better not get into business with the NHL while Gary Bettman is still employed. <laughs> Are you kidding? That's the entire point. They, in my opinion, the BWHPA wanted to take over the infrastructure of the PHF so that they wouldn't have to like bother with putting it together in order and kicking everybody out of the PHF in order to create a quote unquote one league that would then be sponsored by the NHL, similar to how the WNBA is. They can take the NHL's money, but do not get into business with them while Barry's while uh, Gary's still in charge. I'm not saying they should get into business with the league at all, but absolutely wait. So before the show, I was telling Cassie I've been reading anything and everything from all the regular contributors in the women's hockey space about this. When the news of the acquisition and takeover of the PHF came down, geez, I guess it was about two weeks ago, right after our last recording, or shortly thereafter, I was fuming for about 48 hours, but I, you know, bit my tongue, let everything happen, started consuming information. I always understood the why. Why did this happen? Doesn't mean I liked it. So that's why I wanted to issue that first point. This group better be right. Now the PHF in its current, in its former state, as of uh, probably this time Monday, July the 10th, when the, uh, I guess the deal closes and the acquisition is made official, um, it sounded like the PHF was either headed in a good direction or going bankrupt. But couldn't tell which direction. Because mysteriously, some of those details really haven't been leaked yet. So, the... so to go back to your previous statement about not interacting with the um, NH or not 
not trying to partner with the NHL while Gary Bettman is is still uh, commissioner. Um, I would just like to point out an article that came out on July 5th in the Hockey News from Ian Kennedy, who said that uh, Stan Kasten, who works with the Mark Walter Group, is quoted as saying, quote, my second call was to Gary Bettman because I did not want to be the guy as so many had in the past to say, Here, what, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what we're planning to do. I didn't call him until we had something that we had done already. And Bettman could not have been better. He could not have been more positive, offering immediate help. Unquote. Well, they are old white guys with lots of money. So, of course, they're going <laughs> to sing Kumbaya together. But anyways, I'm sorry. I interrupted your rant. Continue. No, that's quite all right, because if you're going to operate in this space, don't piss off Gary. Don't catch him by surprise. Doesn't mean you have to involve him, but just don't surprise him. Mm. Mm. So shortly before we started recording, now we're hearing, not conflicting reports, but reports of PHF League and team staffs maybe out of a job, which really shouldn't be a surprise, but it's the PHF was actually headed into a direction and making strides. Now, how much money they were bleeding in my opinion is irrelevant in this world of venture capital. You get the money you can to operate until, you know, something can get sold off. That's not what's being, ha- what's happening here. The Mark Walter group just seized assets to put themselves in a position to work with Gary. Mm-hmm. Cassie, you're 100% right. Mm-hmm. But why? Prestige. Uh, because the people that, in my opinion, again, just my opinion, is that the players who went over and created the PWHPA were largely uh, national team players, Team Canada, Team USA, etc., who um, by and large had repeatedly said as they were splitting off from, at that time, the NWHL, um, that they didn't think that the they, they were trash talking the NWHL as not being good enough, as not being what they want. They want involvement with the NHL. They want they want to be on par with NHLers, and they think the NHL could help with that, and et cetera, and so on. And so that's been their goal all along. Their excuse at the time was, well, they didn't make room for us to be able to like you know they didn't in their schedule take periods of time off during the season so that people could play on their national teams in international tournaments, um, which apparently that's the new league going forward has that planned. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's all a bunch of like big egos wanting their ego stroked. That's what I've gotten all along. That's what it has sounded like all along. That's has nothing to do with like actual competitiveness or, how leagues were organized. I mean, they did have a valid point in that 
the NWHL and then the PHF, as they changed names, didn't accommodate their schedule for those players to play internationally. That doesn't mean they wouldn't have if those players hadn't moved over to that league. But uh, but yeah, I mean, all along, it's just sounded like big old egos, like wanting the NHL's attention because they feel they deserve it. Has anyone paid attention to NHL free agency? Does anyone see a, a, a hiff or a winter? A whiff of prestige or, I don't know, uh, maturity, accomplishment, or just kind of uh, we're spinning in circles again because we can't trade a player who is making $1.85 million. AAB. But that's just me. I mean, they're not exactly the most mature group either. <laughs> PWHPA aren't exactly the most mature group of people I've come across either, since they were doing all their best to trash talk and put down everything the PHF was doing, only to eventually have their backers go and buy the mountain user infrastructure because it was already built and they didn't have to. So it's like, but that's oh, yeah, the so- thing. It wasn't good enough for you to plan, but it's good enough for you to like use their offices and their computers and all of that stuff. Okay. But even then, I think we're going to find out over the next 30 days, they're not even going to use that. They were just they finding paid... out to, to get rid of them is what you're saying? Yeah, I think they just paid off their debt to make them go away. I, can see that. I think that's all that's happened. Now, like I said, I do understand that this may be the dirty, necessary step to making a unified, successful league. Because as I alluded, who knows, the PHF may have been going the way of the CWHL in a few months' time. We just don't know yet. It still doesn't make what happened to the players. Some who may have found out maybe 24 to 36 hours ahead of the rest of the league. But these people just signed contracts or filling out visa paperwork. This isn't shutting down a league at the end, the conclusion of the season. But there are a lot of women's players who played their last game in any meaningful stage, and that just sucks. Yeah, they could have done it in a way that accommodated everybody as much as they could. I mean, they've kind of backtracked a little bit in that now they have essentially um, practice groups, which since they don't have a minor league. And so they're carrying 23 on the roster. And then I don't remember how many they have as a quote unquote practice group as their quote unquote, you know, as their black aces, as it were. Um, But that still doesn't excuse how it was done, right? Mm -hmm. They could have said, they could have gone partnering in with the PHF instead of it being a takeover and gone and said, you know, we're going to try to merge everything together. We want your help in like making this work. We're going to try to accommodate as many players as we can and make sure that everybody can play together 
uh, or as many players can play as we can afford to make happen, et cetera, and so on, right? They could have done a partnership in which it was a merger, in which everybody got something out of it. And they didn't. That was or, what happened. Cassie, hmm. it could have been a takeover. And these players who signed contracts could have gotten more than at most one twelfth of the contract that they signed True. as a buyout for a group. Mark Walters allegedly is worth five point three billion dollars as of this year. He, the firm that he is CEO of apparently handles three hundred and twenty-five billion dollars worth of assets. Oh, and can I go back to the point of? Mark Walters' net worth is worth is almost more than the entire NHL's uh, revenue year over year. One individual. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to get in business with Gary? Why isn't it the other way around? Hmm. I wonder. Again, it's prestige. It's it's what they perceive as prestige now. We who have been or been fans of the NHL for years and years and years understand, and, and our fans of other sports understand that the NHL kind of is a second-tier professional sports league in this country at this point. Um, I shouldn't say kind of; they are. They're not top. They're not one of the quote-unquote big three. They haven't been for years. Um, they're, they've become a niche league and a niche sport. And so we all, all of us on the outside looking in recognize this, but they are still the top tier professional hockey league in the world, or at least are considered to be such. And so if you are a budding hockey, um, league for women, yes, they are a prestigious name in or within hockey in order to help them get established and add some legitimacy and add money and uh, help and structure and all of that stuff. I mean, if they set up in in towns with um, NHL teams, then there are going to be NHL players who are going to like help out or at least attend games occasionally. And that's going to give them an air of legitimacy that they are they really are the top tier in like they think in their minds, the top tier women's professional league in the world. And that's what they're looking for. I think it's brand association. Yes. So with that said, I swear, I'm not going to say what the alleged name of this new league is, but if you Think for one second, you're going to call these first six teams the original six. You you should just shut down operations immediately. <laughs> Don't go down that road. <laughs> they will. They will. Because they're oh, just arrogant that way. <laughs> I know. And it's a slap in the face of everything that came before you. And they don't care because they don't care about everything that came before them. They don't care about the things that like got them to where they are. They, all they care about is promoting their own brand. Isn't it, aren't, aren't the parallels between the actual NHL and this just astounding? Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean all the years of complete um, 
chaos for lack of better terms until the early 1940s when there was some sort of stability infighting between leagues Mm -hmm. you know owners just uh, buying leagues to acquire players creating new leagues to get away from the one guy that they just don't want to deal with yeah you know you know the one thing I will say in Gary's defense, I'm I am so marking uh, this clip. Please start again. Pat. <laughs> what time is this in the recording? I, there's I, there's a mark clip button. I am hitting it now. Go ahead, Pat. Please. At six nineteen of of the recording, um, he has brought stability, and actually goes for growth opportunities. He came in at a messy time where the league overexpanded too quick. He inherited everything that was happening in the mid-90s. Everything from 2000 on is on him. And the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes. But at least that one's defendable, in my view. And the the season that was lost is on him? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's 100% on him. History will not look kindly upon him. But he did a couple good things to bring league stability at the expense of, um, I don't know, market growth. Like, oh, we're in all these non-traditional markets. Well, you could actually grow your fan bases there by, um, oh, I don't know, giving a damn. Or investing a little bit in said markets until you know he got his 50-50 split. And then, oh, would you look at that? All the franchise values are starting to go up. And all these southern market teams are, well, by gosh, this expansion team just won the Stanley Cup. I wonder why that is. Well, because they've gotten everything that they've wanted. It's a well-run business by the books, but it's not a well-run entertainment business. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's not well run. It is not well run. <laughs> um, it might be well uh, run within the hockey sphere. <laughs> oh no, no no no! Hockey operations is garbage. No, I mean the. I I meant like like hockey generally across the world. No, no, no. It, eliminate hockey. From the NHL equation, the NHL as a business entity has made all their owners a bunch of money. And that's what businesses do. Capitalism, at least in the U.S., it's our greatest success and our biggest failure. Just look at what the Ottawa Senators sold for. Whether they mucked it up or not, it was still record revenue. So even when he wins and does well... Uh, we're grading on a really huge curve. We're like two standard deviations out. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of uh, of which player's uh, stick blade I was going to use as an example of that curve. Um, 
not Ovi, maybe Ryan O'Reilly, but that's only, it's just a little bit at the end. I'm not going to talk about the first person to really bend their stick because may he rot in hell. <laughs> um, sorry about the uh, the expletives this week. I'm just kind of, yeah. Feeling all feisty. It's all right. Meanwhile, Pierre Dorian can't do anything with the one player he needs to trade. Oh, no. <sighs> Um, I'm I'm now finished with my Newman's own movie theater um, popcorn. Thank you. Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's a good luck finding it anymore. Um, I know. Oh God. (laughs) Hockey, am I right? (laughs) That's that's pretty much it. Hey, but. Um, um, Pukdoku is pretty fun. Pukdoku is fun. I've, uh, I, I have found myself digging into my memory and being mad at myself if I have a player that is in a single digit or above percentile, as I have done these. For I have a, a, uh, an acquaintance who regularly scores single digits in his uniqueness. And it's infuriating. Hmm. Especially when you, you know, especially when one of the categories is, you know, who played for both the Oilers and the flames. It's like, good God, how do you find anybody obscure in that pile? And he brought up a name that obviously I had completely forgotten about. So that's how but not that name. The other, oh, name. further, <laughs> way further down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was probably a zero point one percent selection. The reason why the developers behind the tool had to add years of uh, uh, active years played, yeah, <laughs> to the equation. <laughs> And we've really piqued Cassie's interest there with that one, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I had my say. It's okay. You guys nah, can it's like. It's okay. It's okay. Did you need no, to do? No, it's okay. It's all good. I'm uh, I'm not surprised that people in the PHF were done dirty after promises because. Oh. No. I I always mm-hmm. sort of go back to the the Ray Kroc movie, the the founder. When at the very end, um, he's he's settling basically with the with the actual McDonald brothers for their naming right for the name rights and everything, and and they handshake on the in perpetuity deal for you know a certain percentage of the profits because they wanted to keep it out of the contract because the you know the bank and it's like the minute you know that it's no longer in writing, goodbye. The gentleman's There's agreement. no such thing. What are you kidding me? There's I no know. such thing. Oh, I know. You know, I'll. Uh, what are you going to do? Take me to court? It's not in writing anywhere. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. You know, no, no. You know, no, no, no. Don't, don't. Nobody worry. Nobody worry. You know, everyone's jobs are safe. Mm-hmm. It, for now. Mm hmm. 
you'll get your next paycheck, which will be your last, you know. <laughs> I mean, this this is hockey. It's like if you don't expect people to come in and sweep everyone clean so they can have, quote unquote, their own people, then I can't help you. It's just shown over and over and over and over again. It doesn't matter if it's the women's side or the men's side. It's the same damn thing across the board. It's business. It doesn't, irrespective of what type of it, what type it is and men's versus women's or what, it's business. Business is always going to be running well, business. And, and, the women's game tries to model itself after the men's game in more ways than one. So there's also that going for it too. So. For better or worse, usually worse. So, you know, so I got that going for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh... On a slightly more positive note. Oh, good. We have a positive note. But I will have to kind of look at the negative of the current media landscape. No, the coverage of this by people like Haley Salvia, Mike Murphy of the Ice Garden, Melissa Burgess of the Victory Press, Erica Ayala, published in Forbes. Forbes. Dan Rice. I mean, just on and on the names go. Uh, Ian Kennedy, who for whatever reason has a very... um, There are people that love his work and hate his work. And that is what it is. Yeah. um, But there's been really excellent coverage around this subject that we just haven't seen from the mainstream... uh, Sources outside of the night everything broke because no one had scooted off to the cottage because, well, this league doesn't treat business like a 12-month, uh, like it goes on for 12 months. Yet, kids are playing hockey everywhere still, reluctantly. Although, be, but. in all honesty, I'm kind of glad that the mainstream media hasn't been writing. Oh, could you imagine the awful takes? Oh my God. It's like, you know, it's one thing to take an article by someone who follows women's hockey and promote it in, you know, ESPN or, or somewhere else, TSN or, or whatever. It's entirely another to have people from those like entities uh writing about it in a and and that's not usually a good thing <laughs> oh god no i i'd say they should stay in their lane but they're god they're not even they're not even good enough to be in the lane yeah. mm-hmm. yet there they are driving out on the road with everyone it's... else mm-hmm. no license no insurance <laughs> Never a cop around. Barely knows yeah, the rules. Never a cop around <laughs> when you need one. Yep. So the coverage has been excellent from the sources that you need to go to. The ones who know right. what they're doing. The ones who know and what they're talking about. I am extremely fascinated 
to see when the next episode of Noxie and Cax drops. Was a little bit of inside info, maybe? Hoping for it? I think we'll get some transparency, some... So as much as they're willing to share from someone who's in um, in two parties that uh, one we know won't be playing in the league and maybe the other player. So Liz Knox, she was reportedly um, part of the negotiating group that helped move all this to the point we're in. And then uh, Carol Amar was just a player in the, and someone, I guess on the executive committee of the players association, but they're not two parties that, you know, necessarily have anything guaranteed to them going forward. So I think we might get a little more insight out of them than we would say the, the U S and Canadian Olympians. I find interesting and I thought about this after this news broke and I never had a, a chance to really pursue it. There was that goaltender. Wasn't she Finnish? Nora Rati. Yeah. Who left the PWHPA to go play in the PHF like two months ago. Mm-hmm. Like out of nowhere, completely unexpected. That was like, huge news in women's hockey and then this comes down i kind of wonder if she knew something she was a spy yeah no i was thinking the other way that that she was doing it in protest no, no she was a spy <laughs> well I'm sticking with it. she was a spy all right maybe but boy did her ability to get over to the u.s or canada get a little more complicated in recent weeks mm-hmm because from all told reports, her days with the Finnish national team are over. Because, oh, there are politics in sports? <laughs> Who knew? Um, I'm just, I'm going to be really mad we, we don't get a number 41 Black Rosie jersey. That would have been awesome. it come out yet what cities they're going to be in nothing nothing is confirmed yeah. there were early reports that aren't worth repeating because i think everything is subject to change until basically they have venues lined up mm. honestly i hope there are some curveballs if they decide to do three canadian three u.s cities they're going, makes... they're going with NHL cities. They're going with NHL cities. I can't I... imagine that they wouldn't at this point. That's going to depend on how fast they can get a cooperation partnership deal in place with those NHL teams. But the thing with that is they are not going to be playing out of NHL facilities. And yeah. I don't even think NHL practice facilities. I think it's you more likely like, we like see the... them in... You mean like the Boston Pride who was practicing in the Boston Bruins practice facility or playing in there? Yeah, I don't think that's the type of venue this league wants for any, like like maybe for a year, yes, but I see them targeting in Canada major junior rinks. Yeah. 
if they can. Maybe some AHL buildings close enough to the large markets within the you know the big pull of NHL teams television rights market, perhaps. So like the idea of I'm just going to throw it the Greater Toronto area, Ottawa and Montreal makes a ton of sense to me. I don't think they're going to give, and I hope they don't, two poops about television. In this, in this sense, I don't think they should the either. Distribution cable over the you know OTA regional rights. But they're talking with the NHL and the prestige and the dumb way of doing things. They are attracted by that. The ESPN Plus model. Maybe they, I, I mean, in all honesty, my my expectations is that they're just going to go like as big as they possibly can. You that's know? what I'm thinking as well. Um, ESPN plus model at a minimum for all games, but they need, they need, if they're going to do this and they're going to do it right, they need to get a couple of cable broadcasts in both countries. Do they? Easier, easier in Canada than it is. In I'm, I'm going to come back to this. Do they? It's dying, Pat. It's dying before our, hour. Oh, it is dying. I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd invest much effort into that, into that aspect of it. Because even the cable companies know it's dying. So Mm -hmm. divesting into, because streaming platforms are the rage and the norm, you can still have your local production, but you're, you can really start trimming production costs. Um, a lot more companion feeds and I, you know, I, I think a streaming package is just fine because invariably all that happens anyway is, is one of the big cable providers, just one of the big cable companies or networks just picks up the stream feed and goes with it. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's, that's you know, I, I go back to you know, basically what um, as as horrible as they were, I go back to what MSNBC was doing a lot of times during the playoffs is, you know, they'd have their their East Coast and West Coast early games with their own play by play and production team, and then they just steal Sportsnet's feeds for the late games, and then it's- there you go. Well, yeah. nothing. So you get their play-by-play, you know, it'd, it'd screw with the intermission shows. But, you know. But we can agree, it need, they need to do something better than, say, hockey. Hockey is it TV? No, it's HockeyTV.com, which broadcasts a lot of lower-level leagues. Oh, no, they're, they're going to... Part of the reason they want to team up with the NHL is they want the NHL to market them. Yeah, it's yeah, and that's not going to happen. And yeah, it's gonna it's gonna work just as well as their new diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. initiative that oh, they just I mean, created. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying this is actually going to work the way they want to, but I'm mm-hmm. thinking that's the way they want it oh. to work. That's the way the women's league wants it, but that's not what will happen. Correct. And so I think that they're they're going to go big in that they want the NHL to like promote them to 
uh, help them with like streaming services to to do all of that like marketing crap that they don't have the money for they don't have the infrastructure for you know in terms of people being hired offices etc and so on and so I, I really think that they're going to try to get that to go for them that they're going to try to get the NHL to like have them on TS on not TSN um uh, I'm totally blinking. ESPN Plus and, and all of that stuff. Um, the same stuff, the same networks that the NHL is on, basically. I think that's really what they're going, they're hoping for. That's not happening in a million years, of course. But I think that's what they're hoping for in the partnership with the NHL. Why do you think it's not going to happen? I think that's probably the first thing that happens. Yeah. You think so? There's It costs the NHL essentially nothing to say, hey, We'll give you a, you know, we'll give you access to our to our center ice distribution pipeline, and you know, you guys can do your own in-house production, and you just get rolled up into, you know, there. There's nothing to sign. There's no money exchanging hands in a lot of cases. It's just, hey, you know, okay, you know, we like working with you. You know, we'll do a little partnership agreement that allows you access to the ESPN Plus side of the house and blah blah there you go i I, personally i think that's the that's probably the first thing that gets announced because that's just paving the way for the eventual sort of unification league thing being set up Because the, they'll the if the NHL and boy I can't believe I'm saying this because I already know the answer to the question if the NHL were smart they'd use them as a <laughs> guinea pig to yeah. test. Well, they tried to do that right. with the AHL, but but there's too many independent owners. <sighs> there's not an official, you know. There's no league. Everything is stipulated as far as you know interaction between right. the leagues and all this other crap and. Too many little people want all Which the, you is, know, too many individual owners want all the money from their own broadcasts and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, until we start seeing what ownership groups are going to look like in the new league. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say groups? ownership groups? <laughs> I don't think that's, there is going so to that's be. What, no, I think right. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying is they're all league owned right now. So you don't have to deal with all these little egos. Mm hmm. So it is easier to get yeah. business done. And I'm just sitting here thinking, I need to see a women's version of Three Ice next summer. And that's... Uh, for all the players that don't make this league. Because that'd again, be fantastic. You know, I say that's sort of the see, guinea pig aspect of it. Sorry, Cass. Oh, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that... Um... It, they're flipping, right? The the players from the PHF are going to end up having their own roadshow, essentially, right? Like the PWHPA oh. has done, and the PWHPA is going to flip into you know, the PHF, essentially. Are and, they going to have the names and, to carry it? Nope. So I don't think that I... While I like the idea, just for this, just for the sheer petty chaos, you know, 
F U to him, I don't know as if it's viable. I, because part of what was floating that whole PWHPA thing was Scotiabank, Canadian Tire, all those corporate partner investors, mm-hmm. because they were they were going with the names of the players that were involved. Yeah, yeah. national team big players. names, right? Yeah. The only way I could see something like that successfully working is creating basically NCAA alumni teams and get generating interest from local businesses to do a small, like maybe month long exhibition. How about this? To keep our costs down, making an inline thing in the summer. Mm -hmm. Women's inline hockey league. That hasn't been done yet. I, I can. Wait, we need to I trademark can, this. I can hear Pat's <laughs> brain just churning like mad right now. We need to trademark this quick. <laughs> he is almost about to spiral out of control, Cassie. I can feel it. <laughs> I am picturing the possibilities. Okay. And I know there's the way we would do it and the way it would eventually be done. Mm-hmm. And there are some things in the way it eventually be done would really piss me off. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with the uniforms. People. And bring back the ramps. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. No out of bounds, right? No out of bounds. Fewer whistles. Period. So I'm really curious what gambling group is going to, you know, be the lead sponsor for this new league. Oh, that brings me to the other thing that they have access to are all those little fun corporate sponsors that the NHL has. Oh, hey. Hey, Gary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not looking for money from you. Um I, I was wondering, do you have the phone number of this guy uh, who runs FanDuel? Yeah, him. Great. No, I just want to call and say hi. Mm-hmm. Which is probably likely mm-hmm. the inverse is happening. And Bettman is telling them, well, here's, you know, here's who you need to contact in this company. Here's who you need to contact in this company. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that should be the extent of any partnership or relationship to date. Oh, I think it's probably three years of, oh, we'll just, you know, okay, here you go. Here's a phone number. And then while the NHL sort of does all of its whole investigatory crap and looks for legalese and, you know, kind of like, I mean, let's just roll it back again. Look at what kind of not not exactly similar to, but sort of look at what they did with the um, WHL. Or the WHA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why and why major junior teams seem to have a lot of jerseys that look like NHL teams? Oh, that's easy. That's production. Oh, everyone's a copycat. No, I know. And why they copycat the terrible, terrible, terrible jerseys is beyond me. Portland, Portland finally got away from that. Well, yeah, Portland's just copying Seattle now. I mean. 
Oh. Wouldn't you? <laughs> no. Mm, I would have copied oh, Coachella no, you would have, Valley. You would have copied, Patrick, you would have copied something from um, University of Maryland. That damn They can't play. have the taxi. No. They're not, <laughs> they're Portland. What the hell? No. No, no. I mean, if it were your choice. Portland State, Portland State flag sucks. So no, I wouldn't have done anything with it. Portland. I am not a fan of the Maryland Oregon State plan. Good God, Patrick. Yeah, Portland's a state. <laughs> Portland does have its own flag, though. Yeah, Cities have is. their own flags. Yeah. So I was going to let I, it go. But I'm, uh, I heard you. Don't care. And I'm walking away and we're changing um, the subject. No. 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 I'm finishing my thought. Not. La, la, I'm not la, a fan, la, la. but <laughs> it's, it's number one in the power rankings. You can't touch that right. thing. You can't. It is the only one you can look at and go, my God, what were they thinking? I'll never forget it. And when you're variably at a bar quiz or some online quiz and it's a state flag marathon, you go, Maryland, you'll never forget it. Or the disembodied head of George Washington. You know how many people actually think that is the (laughs) state flag of Washington, D.C.? And we'll we'll deal with the whole state flag and DC thing later. At least it's not Virginia. Um, yeah. I had to think about that. Like, ew. because talk about a terrible state flag. Ugh. We don't need Latin on our flags, people. Because they just use the seal of the Commonwealth. <laughs> Blah. Commonwealth thing too. I mean, let's get over that. <laughs> oh, we fought for our independence from England, but we're still a Commonwealth. Yeah, I'm in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. It's like really. Well, Massachusetts and Virginia are one thing. Kentucky's just like, yeah, we just don't feel like changing it. Yes. Who out there is screaming? What about the fourth one? What about the fourth one? Yeah, what about the fourth one? Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, that went off the rails in a totally different way than usual. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. There's a usual way we go off the rails? Hang on. (laughs) This is news to me. (laughs) What the hell? Yes, yes, there is. Yes, there is a usual, but um, I don't want to disabuse you of that. So, you know, go ahead and pretend there isn't. Dear God. (laughs) I mean, just dear God. I will remind you that my it is I am literally paid to find patterns in things and to generalize. My job is to generalize. I am a professional. I know how to do this. <laughs> and generally speaking, what the hell is up, Rob Blake? <sighs> you had to. See what you I just, did there? Uh-huh. Yeah. You're you're king of the segues, I have to say. You just you 
Only this time I didn't make him speechless, so congrats. I mean, he signed. <laughs> Jarrett Anderson Dolan did get his contract. So there's the good. There was good. <laughs> he didn't qualify him and then turned around and signed him yeah. for a deal. Okay. You know, so long as both sides are fine with it, whatever, right? But it's a variable yeah. one-way deal. Good for him. And, you know, Akil Thomas got his two-way deal, but he's a, still a bit younger than Anderson Dolan. I would like to retract past statements regarding the Pittsburgh Penguins and Kyle Dubas's uh, uh, ability to rework that roster. Um, I still don't know why he took that job uh, he, he, as he, evidenced uh, by what he did. I, I still don't think he can uh, turn that team into a Stanley Cup contender, but they at least but perhaps maybe playoffs and that might be good enough. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Scotty Bowman at the height of his powers. Um, L. Arbor at the height of his powers. Bill Torrey. Um, whom, uh, yeah, anyone <laughs> couldn't, couldn't turn the Pittsburgh Penguins back into a Stanley Cup contender anytime soon. He just has to make fake it while he recoups and gets some younger players who will actually make and stay on the roster instead of bringing back, bringing in um, former Maple Leaf, Andreas Johnson and uh, Noel Achari to fill out some cheap deals. Who knows? Yeah. There were a ton of free agent signings, though. Well, yeah. Like, hmm. all those people that didn't get qualified just landed right out there for UFA status. Yeah. So, I, you know, everyone was complaining, all oh, the the free agent pool is really shallow. Well, just wait until they start. They, they aren't able to qualify some middling, interesting-type players because you're going to get those guys on the cheap again. You know, where their qualification mm -hmm. may have put you in trouble. Hey, now I can sign this guy for something, you know, less than a million or two million. And they'll want to take the deal. And so, and there are going to be so many, quote unquote, injured players who just pop up midseason. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, when you, when you hear things. Like a certain player um, beloved by Edmonton media needing double hip surgery. Oh, kid. Ken Holland should Ken retire. Should have now. retired after he was let go in Detroit. Yes. Yeah, but the next best time to do something is immediately. Um. He just hasn't learned. But you know, you know how the NHL likes to uh, recycle people. They're they're worse than like I swear to God, the NHL is worse than a like a 
codependent couple that keeps breaking up and keeps getting back together repeatedly okay. over and over. Just at me next time. Okay, Cassie, I get it. <laughs> like for every good move that Holland has made with the oil editors, you know, the, the Ekholm trade just slam dunk success. The, I really like the Connor Brown signing. Because it might actually work. He's the type of, he's basically Zach Hyman 2.0. And that's, that kind of player will feed off of either Connor or Leon. But then you just let certain players go that, you know, found a fit, found a home very inexpensively, like Clem Clawston. <sighs> The Yamamoto thing, I, I I get. I do. I was sad, but I understood it. The Costin one, I'm like, yes. What are you? You finally found someone that was viable middle six, which you've desperately needed. It could pot points, play with Connor and oh, and you let okay, whatever can. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it boggles my mind. Like, I understand they, the Evan Bouchard contract may take up the rest of their space. I get that. But Jack Campbell's contract is what it is. Darnell Nurse's is what it is. But then you have your Fogels, your Yanmarks, your why Vincent D'Arnais is still an NHL player. Well, I, I don't get teach it. Him. Uh huh. Uh huh. Except for there have been lots of interesting stats about how, um, as players have gotten smaller in the first round, like the average height of the player has gone down, um, their success rate. Over the past seven years, not including the last three drafts, but drafts dating back to a decade ago. Um, yeah, teams seem to be hitting more on, you know, talented individuals instead of the big ones that we can teach. Most of them are funny forwards. how that works. That yep. The learning curve for a forward entry is lower than a defender entry, even though nobody really understands what defenders do. Unless it's an... Uh, and, and yet we keep signing agreements with all these different leagues to bring in uh, these defenders. Uh, unless it's Why? an offensive-minded defender. It's almost like when these players get drafted, they should go to a developmental league first almost like what we see in european soccer where kids you know in the teens they play in junior programs for a larger organization then they play in the second tier team for said organization and then they go on to play for the big club loaned. or they are moved they are to a different to big somebody clubs. in the second division mm -hmm. 
it's almost like we need different tiers of where the AHL can be the tier two league where all the mid tier guys can go and play and they are loaned off. But to play if they want a contract. But the problem still remains that nobody is really teaching these players anything. They're just playing Mm -hmm. with their peers of a similar age and similar ability, but they're still not being prepared to play in the NHL. And it's always, it's often uh, trial by fire. Let me posit this idea. The Silver Fox has had a, what I would consider a pretty tidy off season to this point. He's made some really shrewd moves, and the Seattle Kraken are looking very good. Did Shane Wright really need his OHL rights traded to go back? Or could he not benefit from being, I don't know, the most talented player on a bad team and develop some of those professional traits? Confidence. And therefore actually accruing and earning his third full year of OHL playing time and not being in whatever crazy mess he is for next year where, yes, he only has two seasons accrued, therefore he still has to report to the OHL or the NHL. What a mess. Again, nobody's willing to actually teach. They're just like, either you can play or you can't, and that's that. And it's like, you do realize that you would have, one, better players, two, you could actually keep the guys in your system, learning your system to play in the NHL if you took the time to actually tell them what they need to know. And God forbid these young guys end up with coaching changes and have a bad season like, say, in Detroit, where things just don't work out when you're just, you know, were you really set up for prospering? I guess Or were you just a player on a roster? I guess we have the answer to uh, when Iserman was in Tampa. Was it him or Brisebois who who was the madman behind, like, making the team good? Um, yeah, so it was Breezeball. <laughs> I, th- I think Iserman was able to identify talent, but Breezeball managed the team to keep as much of it together as possible. Well, he was the cap guy. That was under Iserman, he was the cap guy. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Steve Iserman still wanted to acquire a declining Ryan Candle- Callahan at one point. He, he made plenty of terrible trades in Tampa. Mm-hmm. But his average was a little above 60% in terms of good moves versus bad. Breezois, well, up until recent memory, because he has no choice anymore. He's he's run out of runway. Um, he was almost batting 1,000. Mm-hmm. Iserman was the, was the draw. Because everybody wanted to play for the Hall of Famer. And Breezeball was the guy who managed the roster because he had the, you know, he dealt with the cap. 
It'll be really interesting to see what jersey Anthony Sorelli plays in next. Oh, man. <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, he is your new Alex Kalorn. Mark my words. Mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. Doesn't have any clauses that prevents him from being traded. Is signed for a number of years at a reasonable hit. He's entering his prime. Oh, and he's a center, so people will actually want him. Mm-hmm. I guess there's the one difference. But hey, there aren't enough Pat Verbeeks in the league. <sighs> Jesus. You need more little balls of paint? Oh, maybe less? Mm-hmm. I get what he's doing down there in Anaheim. He's insulating some players, but let's see what happens after you sign Zegris and hopefully you sign Troy Terry and Jamie Drysdale and some sort of backup goalie. What you do with all those young kids? Hmm. Oh, and by the way, um, drafting Carlson second instead of Fantilli, it'll be fine. No one pays enough attention to European hockey anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so I'm going. We're going to do a throwback. I'm going to do a throwback. We're going to do a throwback. Um, I have a question to end. To end the episode on. Oh. If we are there. If you are ready. Please. Before I lose it thinking about the whole shame yes. crap again. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's say let's say the GMs have a party and they have to bring a player that they want to get rid of to this party. Or at least a card, you know, something representing the the player. It's a white elephant party. Who are the white elephants on each team or in the league, just generally? This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.